Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Cedar Valley Church this morning. My name is Grant. I'm Allison. And we're here to get the service started for you. And if this is your first time here, a special welcome to you. We'd love to get to know you better and you can help us by, in doing that by giving us a shout at hello at cedarvalley.ca or even just to uh, drop a comment here. Absolutely, and one of the best ways for all of you to stay informed about some of the stuff going on, different events, devotional posts, prayer updates, all sorts of different things. Make sure you're following us on Facebook, Instagram. You can even put us as like a priority post wherever so you see it in the feed or head over to our website, cedarvalley.ca and sign up for our weekly email newsletter where we kind of compile some of that information and uh, send it out on Fridays. Awesome. Yeah, and if you've been impacted by our online service, spread the news, you guys. Hit that share button and you can have your family and friends join us for church here. All right. So few things just to uh, keep you in the loop of what's going on. So this summer, uh, in case you haven't heard yet, but for the last couple of weeks, we, we've had the campus here open. Doors Yay! are open, chairs are available for you to sit in. Uh, it's great, on-campus services are back. And uh, yeah, so we're doing both online and in-person stuff this summer. Yeah, and we are rebuilding our service teams this summer. So there's gonna be a mix of video services streamed in the building here, as Grant was talking about, we've got this big massive screen that you can come and watch the service all together. We'll get led in worship, prayer and teaching. Yeah, and everything's in sync online and in person for those. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's a mix of live bands, live speaking and the services too. Yeah, so really great time. And it's so fun just to sing together, to worship yeah. and pray together. And whether it's online or in person, both ways are great to gather. So yeah, that's 10 a.m. Sundays on campus or online this whole summer. Yeah, and with giving you guys, we are so thankful for your ongoing support of the work in the ministry here at Cedar Valley Church prayer, service, time, financial giving. Um, and we believe that um, a really real part of worshiping the Lord is um, and serving God means trusting um, Him with finances and supporting the work of spreading the good news of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if you are here this morning looking to give in that way, to worship in that way, uh, there's a few different ways you can do that online, cedarvalley.ca slash give. We have a few different ways to set online giving up. Or if you're here in person too, there's boxes at the back of the church, uh, at the doors, uh, or there's a debit machine too on the far side. Yeah, so let's start this morning off with a time of prayer. Join me in that. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning, God, just for another good week. It's been sunny. Some people love that. God, I, you know, some rain would be helpful for the crops too. And the fire's going on. Uh, God, we just, uh, even though this is even a few weeks out, uh, the people displaced by the fires in Lytton and the ongoing fires happening uh, just further up north there, God, that you, you can empower people to be a recovery process there, that your name can be lifted high in uh, supporting the redevelopment and reconstruction of those towns that have been just really wiped out by these uh, forest fires. And uh, yeah, that God, in all of this, that you are a caring, protecting, and uh, gracious God, that whether people even are knowing to call it to you or not, you're present in that. Uh, God, there's been a number of yeah, sad funerals and stuff happening this the past couple weeks here. God, I just pray that you're with the families as they grieve, as they celebrate the life that was, but also experience the loss that they're now missing. Um, God, in the upcoming funerals and celebrations of life that are happening too, that you just help those families come together and grieve well and, and, and see you and your goodness in these times, God, that you can just again spread your love out in these opportunities. And, and God, really that your good news and your gospel is forwarded in these moments uh, of, of hard times. But yeah, God, I just pray that you bless the offering that's been given and multiply it. God, that you just bless this service. Give us ears to hear something new, something to uh, bring into our lives this very week. And we pray, pray that you bless all this. Uh, yeah, in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. 
Yeah, so we're going to get this started, the service started here shortly. Um, we're going to be led in a time of worship with singing, and um, there's some songs that are recorded by our own worship uh, ministry. There will be lyrics on the screen, and we'd love for you to just join in however you feel comfortable. And after that, we have a special lesson for the kids from Pastor Doug. So stay tuned for that. It's a lot of fun. And each week we try to get out some interactive, fun, faith-based materials just to engage in faith conversations between you and your kids at home. And if you want to make sure you're on that email list, just send Pastor Doug an email. That's douglas at cedarvalley.ca and we'll get that stuff out to you. Yeah, and today we are starting our new summer series on evangelism. We're sharing the gospel and uh, Pastor Rob is bringing us a message on that. Yep, and we're wrapping up with a bit of dialogue uh, just about that. We're just taking some conversation of the message we heard that morning and applying it to our lives going forward this very week. So before we head into all of that, though, if you're uh, here live, if you're in person, get ready to chat with a friend or neighbor right beside you. If you're online, head over to the comment section of Facebook or YouTube. Question for you, just as we're getting into summer now, as some of the travel restrictions, well, they're, they're, they're up and they're off. It's awesome. Um, we were really forced though last year, especially and in these past few months to focus a bit more locally. We couldn't go too far. We had to mm -hmm. see what kind of neat local gems there were. So I'm curious if uh, any of you have discovered either something new or something fun or just like a favorite place in BC, something local now to travel to, to vacation at, to explore. What's yours? What's your favorite BC travel well, spot? Well, we discovered last summer in the midst of all of the like camping panic, you know, with all of the booking, we ended up lucking out and getting a spot at Lac Lejeune, like just Ooh, outside of Kamloops. Yeah. It's beautiful. And the provincial campground there is amazing. So don't all go there though because we're still trying to get <laughs> reservations this summer so we fantastic <laughs> well yeah maybe you don't want to share your secret surprise so maybe <laughs> so share your second though. favorite online there but cedar valley thanks for joining us this morning have a good one see ya
Hey Cedar Valley kids, it is great to be with you again today. You know, 
One of the things about being a kid is that you guys grow like crazy. You never stop. You're always needing new clothes, bigger shoes. Remember when you were in just a, a car seat and then you went to a booster seat and then no seat at all in the car. Your bike started off as a little trike and then maybe a little bit bigger one and then a large, maybe a mountain bike or BMX or something like that. You keep growing and you keep needing bigger things. You know, one of the ways that we kind of measure how we grow, at least at our place, on one of the walls in the house, there's a special board that goes right down the edge of it. And where our kids were growing up, every year on their birthday, they stood with their back up against it, and we would measure them, draw a line, write their name and their birthday. And then we do it for all of the grandkids too. And so we've got all of these names and marks all the way up the board to measure that we're growing. But you know what? Someday, you're going to stop growing. Around about the time you get in your teens, you're just not going to grow anymore. Except, here's a weird fact, you know what's going to keep growing on your body? Two things. Well, I guess it's actually three. One, your nose. Weird, huh? It's going to keep growing a little bit. And your ears. Even though the rest of you stops growing, your nose and your ears, they keep growing. Well, you know what? Even though our bodies stop growing, our faith should always grow. You know what faith is? That is what we believe about God that helps us to do, to know the right things to do. That's kind of our faith. That should always grow. And we can measure that, how it grows, but also there's an important thing, that what kind of things we eat that makes our faith grow. Well, just like our body needs good food, healthy food, and we get to choose what goes in our body, and we should make good choices about the good things and the not so good things for our body. So I've got some choices here. One is going to go here because we really shouldn't be eating it, and the other is going to go on this nice silver platter. That's the good stuff. So, uh, what do we got here? We've got some pop. Oh, <laughs> it's even Pepsi. And we've got some pure apple juice with no sugar in it. Yeah, you got right, that right. Garbage. We'll put that right here. Uh, oh, here's something. We've got some Starburst banana flavor, full of sugar. Or we've got the actual banana. Where does it go? Gone. Here we go. We're getting healthy. We're staying healthy. <laughs> oh, how about this? Now, these are little chocolate things wrapped around whipped cream. I actually kind of like them. I call them hoo-hahs, uh, but they're really not very good for you. So I should really choose maybe a nice, nutritious peach. Say no to that. Uh, oh, here we go. It's kind of the same thing. Got a potato. I've got potato chips. Well, these have been sliced and deep fried in oil. Not so good. See you later, chips. I'll just go with a regular potato. Ah, here's something you might want around a fire. And maybe once in a while these are good. I've got some marshmallows here, but really they're just big balls of sugar. And, but then I've got some pure honey, which tastes amazing. And it's actually really good for your body. So. We'll stick with the honey. We'll get rid of those. Uh, what else? Oh, we've got some 
We've got some Skittles here, colorful, tasty, big balls of sugar, or how about something that is naturally sweet and nutritious and refreshing? Yeah, we'll keep the grapes. We'll get rid of those. So there's choices that we can make every day about eating healthy for our bodies. We can do the same thing with our faith. What do we feed our faith? That's how we believe in God. And because of what we believe in him, what that helps us to do, the right things to do. So you know what some of the good things we can eat for our faith to help us grow healthy? Well, reading our Bible is one of them. That's right here. That's a great way to start. You know what? Getting together with other people who believe in Jesus, that's another great way to feed our faith. And taking time to pray is really good. And you know what? Praying, not just to ask for stuff from God, but to really listen to what God wants us to hear. That's a good way to pray. Helping others is a really good way to help grow our faith and make us stronger. Also, stopping and, and maybe saying sorry to God when we've done something wrong. Because you know what? That helps us get closer to God too. And also, we can give some of the money maybe that we make for chores from doing stuff around the house or maybe even gifts that we get from grandpa and grandma or uncle and aunt. And we can put some of that aside and give it to God at the church. You know, those, these are all things that help us grow healthy in our faith. And that's just as important as our choices that we make for our body. So, there's a verse that I want you to know. It's in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. And it says, grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. That's right. Growing in the knowledge of Jesus is understanding who he is. So we know more about Jesus and God. And the grace is learning how to live like Jesus. So our lives are like his. How cool is that? So, here's the challenge for you. When you kind of maybe want uh, something like this, choose to have something like this instead. Or maybe if you want something like this, then choose something like this. And as you do, let it remind you about making healthy choices in your life to help your faith grow strong about these things I talked about. Awesome, way to go. And you know what? If you send me a note to douglas at cedarvalley.ca anytime this next week or month and tell me about when you chose something good, even though maybe you wanted to take something bad, or a time that you choose, chose to feed your faith, let me know. And I've got something really cool I'd like to send your way. Thanks for listening so well. We'll see you next week. But how can people call on him for help if they have not believed? And how can they believe in one? In one they've not yet heard of. 
And how can they hear? How can they hear? And how can they hear the message of life? The message of life. And how can they hear the message of life? If there's no one there to proclaim it. Hey, Cedar Valley, we are in week number two of our teaching series called Share. And we're going to begin with a question, like right away. So let me ask you, uh, what do you think it takes to live a full and healthy life? And here's some music to help you along. Thoughtful music. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. All right, you've got time now. Let me ask you, how did you put your answer together? Uh, did you answer the question from an emotional, from a mental, from a physical, or from a spiritual point of view, or, or something else? Or are you like a super keener, first hand up in the class type and you answer the question from all points of view? Imagine that you shaped your answer to the question from the physical point of view. Assuming that you can meet your needs for food and clothing and shelter, what are some common habits that keep our bodies sort of healthy? Well, I think like they're pretty obvious. Habits like getting a good sleep, figuring out how much sleep you need per day to restore your body, going to bed at, at the same time every night, getting up at the same time every morning, like crushing those circadian rhythm, dropping the temperature in your room at night to sleep better, listening to soothing white noise in the background or maybe a little berry white as you drop off. Stay, <laughs> stay, stay hydrated because you want to avoid dehydration drinking lots of water, and by lots of water, I mean the recommended one and a half to two liters per day, carrying a refillable water bottle with you wherever you, you might even want a, like a holster for it, just to make sure you have it all the time. Um, eating sensibly, of course, eating healthy foods, only eating when you're hungry, uh, stopping when you're full, uh, jujubes are not real fruit, garden veggie straws are not real vegetables, chocolate is not its own food group, not gonna lie, uh, this whole eating sensibly thing is a bit of a work in progress for me. Um, I put on a, a, more than a few pounds during this last 16 months. And then lastly, exercising daily. Doing things that require movement. If you have a desk job, getting up regularly from your desk, like every 20 minutes is the recommended. They say sitting is the new smoking, so get up. If you have an active job, doing things that work different muscle groups than those muscles that you use during your workday. Walk, take the stairs, don't take the elevator, run, shoot hoops, join a rec team, master limbo dancing, get your heart rate up if you can. I walk for 30 minutes every morning, it wakes me up, it warms up my body, it makes me feel good, and it gets me ready for my day. Now, imagine someone saying to you, I have a pretty full life, you know? I sleep when I have to because, you know, sleeping is for when you die. Healthy? Or, I, I live a healthy life, 
but I don't really drink water. <laughs> I mean, it makes me go to the bathroom too much. Healthy? Or, I live a pretty full life, but I don't eat <laughs> like fish, or I just eat what I want to, when I want to, as much as I want to. So, you know, I'm pretty, uh, pretty full all the time. Is that like fullness of life? Or, I, I have a healthy life, but I don't need exercise to stay in shape. Like, round is a shape, right? Round is a shape. Full life? Mm -mm. So none of us would say to any of these, uh, sure, that makes sense. Um, sleeping, drinking water, eating sensibly, exercising, so overrated. No! We give ourselves our best shot at full and physical health when we do all these things. Sleep well, drink water, eat well, move our bodies. If you take one of them out of the mix, you miss a massive component piece towards being and staying healthy. I think it's the same way in our spiritual lives. There are component pieces or habits or maturing practices, if you like, that I think help us live full and healthy and mature spiritual lives as followers of Jesus. And who doesn't want that, right? Last week we talked about and asked the question, why follow Jesus? This week we're going to talk about a pathway of discipleship. So to clarify, a disciple is simply a follower of Jesus. Someone who has said yes to Jesus' invitation to follow him because they believe that he is the way and the truth and the life. And then someone who takes active next steps in line with Jesus and his church, his church being everybody else who follows Jesus. A pathway is just that, right? It's a path going a certain way. A path takes us from one place to another. A discipleship pathway takes us through component pieces and habits and practices that help us towards spiritual maturity. There are different ways to think about this kind of pathway, but I have found it helpful to think of it like this. To know God, to grow in our relationship with God, to give in service of the church, and to go and share with others. But don't get too attached to that because it doesn't necessarily have to be linear. It could, for instance, and I prefer it this way, look like this. Same sort, it's the same pieces differently represented. And there's a good reason why I think of it more like a circular pathway and less like a linear pathway. For instance, a linear version can give disciples of Jesus a kind of false sense of arrival once they hit go time. Like, well, there's nothing else, you know, to, to learn or, or do. I'm at the end here. I'm at the end of the path. Like I've arrived at maturity, which of course can lead to pride and judgment and spiritual stagnancy. It might also be easier to visualize our discipleship as a journey as opposed to a destination. If we think of it as non-linear, we can then have grace for ourselves and grace for each other. When we think of ourselves as on a journey towards following Jesus, 
more and more closely, as opposed to being impatient and judgmental of ourselves and of others for not having arrived yet. Like, why aren't you there yet? And then, because our discipleship is a journey, we can think of it as being dynamic, as moving back and forth within this circuit, right? Between being disciples, know and grow, and discipling others, give and go. Between learning and teaching, and I think this is a really useful way to think of it, to keep us from getting stuck on one part of the pathway or another. And then lastly, a circular pathway brings us back to a beginning. Of course, a circle has no end, right? If we follow the course of the path, we get to know God, grow in our relationship with him, give ourselves in service of the church, and then go and share the good news. The, as I mentioned it last week, euangelion, I just want to say that word again, and this way of life, full circle, you might say. Either way, linear or circular, the point is this, that there are component pieces and habits towards a full and healthy relationship with Jesus that help us towards spiritual maturity. So let's go for our virtual spiritual walk together on our pathway of discipleship. Every relationship has a starting point, including our relationship with Jesus when we meet and we get to know someone. I will never forget when I first met my wife, Jackie. I needed a ride home from University of Waterloo and she showed up on Circle Road looking for me, looking for a guy who was described by me as a shorts and sandals, ear-pierced, two-toned hair, think Guy Fieri, bandana wearing wild thing. She rolled up and said to herself, she told me this later, this is gonna be interesting. And it was. We got to know each other over that semester of driving back and forth to the University of Waterloo. We asked and answered all kinds of questions of each other. We became fierce friends. Followers of Jesus begin their relationship with Jesus when they say yes to that invitation to follow him. This could happen with a friend or at a worship service or at an outreach event, like who knows? Then they get to know Jesus as they follow him and ask questions about him, to him even, and, and let him, through the Bible and the church and his indwelling spirit, ask questions about them. We grow in our relationship with Jesus when we commit to knowing him more and more deeply. We can do this through the practice of spiritual disciplines, practices like meditation, prayer, fasting, simplicity, fellowship, Bible study, solitude, gratitude, celebration. This is not an exhaustive list, but you get the point. I, I love to pray and read the Bible and meet with other believers. These practices have helped shape my faith in Jesus They've helped me grow. But it can, it can stop there, right, sometimes? We can say to ourselves, I know Jesus, and I'm growing in my relationship with Jesus. I'm good. But we wouldn't be living full and healthy spiritual lives 
if lives, if we stopped there, if all we did was go to church to worship and pray and learn together, or to read the Bible on our own or in a small group, or to hang out with other followers and be encouraged by like-minded thinkers, our faith would not be full or fully orbed in the case of our circuit behind me. As good as these things are, and they are awesome, okay, doing just them or focusing on them almost to the exclusion of give and go would be to our spiritual lives what only eating food and drinking water and not sleeping or doing any exercise or barely any sleep or movement would be to our physical lives. Doing only these things, knowing and growing, can make us bloated with the knowledge of God, can make us defensive about our faith, can make us in-looking and demanding of each other, can make us moral police of other followers and even those who don't follow Jesus, and can make us people who hide from the world or who are indifferent from the world or who are judgmental of the world, none of which are helpful postures towards loving the world. Knowing God and growing in our relationship with Jesus isn't something to be kept to ourselves. We've missed the point if we do. The shoe leather of our faith, the application of what we have learned about Jesus is in giving and going. I think Rick Warren was right in saying so many years ago that what most Christians need is not one more Bible study because they already have more knowledge about Jesus than they are applying, but to go and apply what they already know. We all have time and talent and treasure to give to the church. These are core component pieces towards our spiritual maturity on the discipleship pathway. We all have 168 hours a week to give. We all have spiritual gifts to give in service of the church. This is the essence of 1 Corinthians chapters 12 and 14. No matter our age, right? Some might say, I'm just too young to help out. Nope. Think King Josiah, eight years old, right? Some might think, I'm too old, or I've already given all that I can give. Nope. Think Joshua and Caleb. We all have money to give, even if it's very little during a hard time. We are invited to give, according to the Apostle Paul, cheerfully, proportionately, sacrificially, and willingly to help clean and maintain our buildings, to support the staff of our church, and to do some spirit-led ministry in the name of Jesus. A healthy follower of Jesus rubs his hands together and wonders, I know God. I'm growing in my relationship with God. I have spiritual gifts. All I need to do is figure out what they are and see how I can use them to help out in my church. This is part of the pathway to being and staying healthy followers of Jesus. So here's what we're going to do. We are inviting you to take a spiritual gifts assessment, which you can find on our website. And that's where I'm going to go right now. So just go uh, to connect on our website and then drop down to serve. 
And you see there, uh, looking for ways to get involved. You'll see here a link to the gifts assessment that we're inviting you to take. It'll take you around 20 to 30 minutes, I think. And this will help you figure out how you're gifted if you don't already know that. Either way, uh, when you have a sense of your spiritual giftedness, you can fill out the form on the same page, which, which is at the bottom of the page as I scroll down there. All right. There you go. But you'd only fill that out after you've looked at the middle of the page for the things that you might want to be involved in. Keeping in mind, this is a little bit about what the needs might be here, but it's really more about your spiritual pathway, where you're at on it. So we're going to give you two weeks. So this is the middle of July to fill out the spiritual gifts inventory. So if I just pop it open there, you'll see it. Yeah, team ministry gifted to serve. We're going to give you two weeks to fill that out and familiarize yourself with the ways you can help out uh, at the church using that uh, populated list of opportunities there. And then someone on our leadership team will reach out to you in August to talk about how you are gifted and where you'd like to apply your gifts if you haven't already filled out the web page form before then. We are so looking forward to working with you. All right, here's the deal. Uh, your staff and leadership team are really tired. Um, and yet we are convinced that we need to continue to impact the city of Mission with online presence. Here's the problem. That represents a two-fold increase in what we were doing, adding online ministries to in-person ministries with less people giving their time and talent than before the pandemic. Your staff would be doing twice as much with less help. Well, that, that won't work, will it? It can't. So without more help, we, we just simply won't be able to sustain some things. Like, I'm not saying that to make you feel guilty. I'm just saying this to inform. So you have a chance to make a difference and to grow in your relationship with Jesus just by helping out. Like, it's such a good deal. And let me say this. If you don't have access to our website, please connect with someone who does. Or just come by the church and we'll help you fill it out. Last stop on the pathway. Go. Boom. Jesus' last words to his disciples were, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. This is euangelion, the sharing of the good news, as the first part of discipleship. And then walking with others on a pathway of discipleship, including baptism, which is like the public uh, profession of faith in Jesus, and learning and applying the teachings of Jesus together. Full circle, a nice balance of being spiritually nourished, know and grow so that we can be energized and grounded to serve and care for others, give and go. A nice balance of taking in and giving out, like no Dead Sea Syndrome on this pathway. If you find that you spend all or most of your time at stops one and two on the pathway, know and grow, then you are not 
living the full and healthy spiritual life that Jesus invites all of us into when he says in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief, the devil, comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I, Jesus, have come that they, those who would follow Jesus, would have life and have it to the fullest. You are being invited today to give of your time, your talent, and your treasure. Please go to our website as soon as you can and dig in. And then you will be invited over the course of our summer teaching series to, to go, to share your faith in Jesus and to journey with those who come to share your faith in Jesus as God, Savior, and Lord of all. We are going to look at this next challenge in our series in a moment, uh, but I'm going to pray for us, and then Pastor Grant's going to join me, and we're going to knock this about a bit to give you some clarity on what we're challenging you to do. So let's pray. Father, I know that there is this invite to follow your son, and his promise to us in that is to have a full and healthy life. This isn't like stuff. This is purpose. It's spirit life. It's living meaningfully. It's joy. It's uh, giving context and shape to our sorrow. Like it's, it's the, the meaningful stuff of life. And there's not one of us that don't want to live that full and healthy life, I don't think. And we, I think, I, I hope we might agree that there's, there's sort of component pieces and practices and habits that we would maybe take part in to help us become more and more mature. To, to know you first, to grow in our relationship with you, to give and then to, to go and share. I, I pray that we would see this as opportunity to, to grow up in our faith. Even if we've believed in you for a very long time. So, Father, I pray that you would give us insight and self-awareness as to where we find ourselves on the path more often than not, or maybe exclusively, and then the courage to take next steps on our path to becoming more mature in Jesus Christ. In his name I pray it. Amen. Peace, Cedar Valley. Stay tuned. All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining in this morning. I've uh, been another great morning. And I, I love the fact mm -hmm. that whether we're here on campus, online, we talked about before, there's different ways to gather. You know, it's, it's a little different if it's 80 people, 50, 22 people even, yeah. but just being together online, even if you're remotely, stuff like that, or on campus, it's great to worship together, to pray together, to learn together. I think the biggest and thing- And to be challenged us, together. That's exactly it. Because what we really want is not just this to be a morning where you hear mm -hmm, a bunch of stuff mm -hmm, yeah. uh, or and see a bunch of stuff. It's that we actually want to take this all and talk about it and dialogue and question it and challenge ourselves with it, learn and grow and actually take it from here and go into our weeks, into our work yeah. and families and homes and, and everything. And like live it. Live it. Live it out. Live it. So yeah. let's get at her. Yeah. Challenge. Uh, ask three people like who you trust, who love you and you love, uh, where they think you spend the most amount of time on the pathway of discipleship. Mm. And based on their input, where do you need to spend more time on that pathway? So, where do you, so it's no, grow, give, go. 
where would you put? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think it's, it's going to be interesting. This is a fun challenge because ask you know three people. I, like I'll ask my wife. Yeah, for sure right away. But some of this might actually take a little bit of educating too, because they might somebody might not have watched this service as much. Right, right. So maybe it'll start with a bit of a challenge. How a bit of a context. Right? Yeah, yeah. You can say, hey, mm -hmm. hey, I learned this thing at church this Sunday. A kind of way to understand this Christian faith thing. And yeah, know, grow, give, go. And what does well, that mean? Yeah, yeah. So you explain <laughs> a little bit, right? So it's educational, and then you get some feedback and you dialogue yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, what do you think Leslie would say? Oh, I, I know she'd be honest, which is great. And I, uh, yeah. it's even what, I, as you're speaking, it's exactly what I kind of applied to myself is thinking, I think I spend a lot of my time in that give area, especially in the sense if you take it as like, yeah, like time and gifts and effort and, and whatnot, like, like serving, service, right? And, yeah. Um, I work with you, so I can I can testify. That's that's, that's true. <laughs> that happens. That gives and give. It's like the yeah, ever ready uh, bunny it's, energizer it's not, I, I thing. Can, I'm often really affirming that all of these are important yeah. and yes. key and good parts of the yes. pathway of discipleship. Yes. But I know, and this is why it's a good challenge for me as you're speaking this whole thing, and I like that as a circle because it can be a refuge for me to justify not taking the next step. Like, oh, I'm really good at this and I'm doing all this stuff. And then actually I can stay behind the scenes and plan all that and equip all that stuff and do all the time and not actually ever get to that evangelistic step of my faith walk yeah. and go out and actually bring the gospel outside of the stuff I'm doing. Yeah, it's like only drinking water, only eating properly and missing the other pieces. Mm. It, it does take some self-awareness and that's why asking people, you love and respect is going to be helpful if you're lacking that because it can be a bit of a blind spot like oh i you know i i don't think i i don't i don't think i don't do all of them okay would you be willing to hear something different so uh yeah there's a decision to make there i think it, it's an excuse a little bit to say it's an occupational hazard for a pastor to be locked and loaded on yeah. no grow and give uh because i'm sure there's lots of people who might have Get, get, get a little locked into we're stuck the, working in the building. It's true. Go. Uh, no. Sure. No, uh, it's not yeah, it's not, not entirely true. Uh, but you, you have to make a choice around that, right? You have to. You have to. Have, so maybe it's like coaching a, a, a baseball team, right? Or it's being involved in a club of some sort. Mm. Like just just engaging with people outside of the no give, no grow give pieces and going and just. Yeah, loving people, listening, sharing your life with them. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think in general, we're probably gonna have a lot of commonality, especially our culture. It's gonna be very cultural to be in the no grow kind of area. For sure. We're yeah. a very head knowledge culture, so we love to learn stuff and read stuff and get the facts and memorize this, that, and the other thing. And I think often we call growth just that, like, our next step of in our faith walk is just getting to that grow part, right? And actually, we're still missing half of that cycle. Like, yeah, like knowing more stuff does not equate with growing in your faith necessarily. Mm -hmm. It's just stuff you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you had the Rick Warren quote, nailed it exactly yeah. right, right, right on the head. It's a little hard. So it, it, that's huge for me. I think it's going to be good. And out of this too, we've got like our pastoral team here, even out of your dialogues are happening, maybe you can brainstorm stuff of like, oh, what's it going to take to get to the next step? I know for yeah. me, and you mentioned it, occupational hazard uh, I was able to do a lot more of the going and sharing and speaking when I was in construction working there a lot. <laughs> not a pastor not yeah, a yeah, pastor totally, where I just totally. met with other pastors constantly mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. uh, finding a intentional probably scheduled sort of 
routine thing, coaching a team, uh, getting involved in a good hobby or a sport or a group. My father-in-law is part of a really big car yeah. club and he actually dedicates a specific amount of oh. time to that. It's really cool. That gives him a huge amount that of contact cool. and context with people who aren't in that church world because we can yeah. isolate ourselves so easily. Yeah, yeah. So that's our encouragement. Make it intentional. Absolutely. Move to next steps and move in and out as you need. Mm -hmm. Okay. Totally. So, you know, I'll just throw this out for everyone who's joining into, uh, if you're like, if you feel like you have nobody to ask here, hopefully you've got someone, but if you're just, <laughs> we'll make ourselves available. Uh, maybe take that with like a bit of a grain of salt because we'll tell you our observation and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be gentle. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to help we'll, you out we'll there. We'll let you see what we observe and uh, we'll, we'll help you out with that. But Give us a shout. I think this is a huge challenge for us to do this week. It's going to be massive for your Faith Walk this summer for our series of evangelism, how we can take that next step. Yeah. And uh, absolutely. So other than that, do that this week, Cedar Valley, and we'll see you next week. See you next week, Cedar Valley.